Welcome to episode number 206 of Destination Linux. Get your DLN mugs, take a sip, sit back, relax, and prepare to have open source and Linux goodness delivered directly to your frontal lobe. My name is Jill, and with me today are Santa's favorite open source loving elves, Michael, Noah, and Ryan. Oh, yeah. Yay! You look like the head elf today with that awesome hat, Jill. <laughs> yes. That's right. And, and Ryan, you are the EFF elf. That's right. <laughs> I protect your privacy so Santa doesn't keep your address and record it and all that stuff. Right, because Santa, Santa's basically the, the NSA. That's what the S yeah. in, in for NSA is. Yeah. So this week, we're going to be looking back on 2020 to end out this most interesting year. Mm. Well, 2020 is a year many of us want to forget. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. From an open source standpoint, there are still plenty of exciting things that took place we're going to cover in this episode. From our favorite open source software, the headline making events, and our favorite distro of 2020. It's all lined up for discussion. We also have our tips, tricks, and software picks. All this coming up right now on Destination Linux. So get those penguin elves marching. Yay! This week we received an email from Adam for our community feedback. And he says... Hey, Destination Linux crew. First, I want to thank you all for your amazing work with the Destination Linux network. I have been listening to Destination Linux for a little over a year now and I've been loving every show. Thank you very much. Uh, not to mention, I have subscribed to a few other Destination Linux network podcasts because of your recommendations. Awesome. I also want to thank you for your recommendation to DigitalOcean. I started my own business this year doing IT support and DigitalOcean has come in handy more than a few times and I love their services. Along that same line, I'm wondering if you have an opinion or a suggestion on the best way to support Windows PCs from Linux. I am a managed service provider, but my most of my clients are using Windows desktops and servers. I love using Linux desktop for my main PC, but when it comes to supporting my clients, I tend to struggle a little. I utilize SolarWinds MSP for the monitoring and their remote control tool. Originally, I picked them because their take control remote tool had a Linux version. However, this year they dropped their support for it and don't Lame. have a yeah, that's lame. And mm -hmm. they don't have a plan to continue any Linux desktop support. I have tried a few things like a VPN combined with VNC, but I can't seem to find a good free one. I have not tried any paid versions yet. However, I am willing to do that. I just don't know what to try. The only option I can see so far is TeamViewer, as it seems to have a decent amount of support for Linux. The problem I run into is if I purchase the TeamViewer license, I'm almost doubling my cost when it comes to sticking with SolarWinds, which works fine as long as I'm using a Windows PC or VM. I know this may be too long to get on the show. Uh, well, turns out it did get on the show. <laughs> looks for, looking for a good recommendation for some alternatives to hit for his situation. He says that, uh, also, I was listening to episode 205 while typing this email and thought I'd ask another question. I was aware of the issues with SolarWinds, but, and it does seem like it's being uh, handled on their end, so I'm not sure if I want to drop them yet. But out of curiosity, what would you recommend as an alternative to an MSP? Thank you, Adam. So what are your thoughts on this? Uh, Noah, we're going to save you for the last because you're the, the uh, powerhouse on this topic. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about this? Well, I think the solar wind situation is a fascinating one. It probably could do a whole show on it alone and why putting backdoors in software is not a good idea. There's a I reached out to my patrons in my channel because a lot of people are sysadmins for a living and, and ask this question as is to them to get their opinion. And the consensus, there were many suggestions thrown out there, but the consensus seemed to be around a tool called 
Zabbix, Z-A-B-B-I-X. They said it's open source software, completely free of charge. You can pay for support if you want, supports big deployments, allows the remote control of systems, and of course, you know, Linux support from the get-go. So Zabbix seemed to be a really popular option there. For me, when I was looking into this, Nagios and OpenVPN seemed to be alternatives that people utilize. But like you said, Noah's probably the expert in this field. So Noah, what do you recommend here? So maybe I'm misunderstanding, but he's looking for like remote desktop support, isn't he? I think he's looking for both. It looks like remote desktop support as well as being able to manage the servers and watch their you know activity, do administrative stuff remotely. Sure. Yeah. So Zabbix is a good one. Um, is is a very much an industry standard. Another good one is Libra NMS. Libra NMS is a newer ver- a, a newer, more community version centered style of. It's hard hard to explain. I've I've used them both. I don't have a strong preference between either of them. If I'm honest, Libra uh, Libra NMS was easier for me to set up than Zabbix was. Um, but Zabbix is a lot more established and ties into a lot of other things. And so it, 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 it kind of depends on, on, on what your specific environment needs are. Neither one of those, to the best of my understanding, do like desktop support, though. Um, they have agents that you can install, and then those monitor uh, you know, servers and, and stuff like that. Um, but if you want to get in and like, you know, help a user do something, which is uh, something MSPs do a lot, then you're going to need an additional tool. That's where team things like TeamViewer come in. And that, that's kind of where I, I, I thought he, w- he was asking about. So if you, so if you, if you're looking for uh, the, the monitoring Zabbix or, or Libra NMS is, is either one of those will work when you start getting outside of that in, depending on what platform you're supporting, you have a couple of different options. So if you go down the windows route, the Windows has actually really good built-in remote desktop support with RDP. So you can use that for most situations to get control of a box and do something. And of course, that's going to work natively on Linux. And so if you pair that with OpenVPN, you have a, a secure way to get into the network. Once you're into the network, RDP is a fine way to go. Where RDP doesn't fit is when you need to provide some remote support to users. Because obviously, again, depending on how your environment is set up and how your licensing works, you're not going to be able to have two people RDP'd in and they're certainly not going to be able to watch what's going on. Um, and so if you need to show them, you know, how to do something or what to click on, that becomes problematic. And so w- what most MSPs find is you want a one size fits all. When I sit behind my desk, I want to sit behind my my console, which is right behind me there, those two monitors. And I want to be able to do everything I need to do from right. those two monitors, my keyboard, and my mouse. And that's where software like either TeamViewer comes in or Simple Help. Now, not both of those are proprietary, but both of them have fantastic Linux support, fantastic Linux support. And TeamViewer gets kind of a, a bad rap because they, they use a wine wrapper to make it work on Linux. But the company themselves sells us as a supported solution. And let's face it, at the end of the day, they'll figure out they have developers that are, that are packaging that. They can go find other ways to make their code run on Linux if they had to. And if they ever drop it, then stop paying them. The great thing about TeamViewer is it's so unbelievably expensive that they have to justify their, their, uh, their worth every single year to you because it, despite what they'll tell you in, their, in the way that they try to sell you the software, you can't just perpetually use an older version of software. Uh, Linux won't... It, after a few versions, it will just stop working with the latest version of Linux, or that's been our experience. So simple help, 300 bucks, one-time fee, 
you have the license for life. And if all you want to do is continue to use that version, which so far as we've had the experience, it seems to work pretty much indefinitely uh, because it's just a little Java applet that runs. Um, if you upgrade, they give you a drastically discounted upgrade price. So it's like $150 somewhere in I there. I love when companies do that. It's such a great yeah. loyalty reward, right? Yes. You don't have to you, pay the full price every time. Right. And it's 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 a deep discount, but it still helps them fund the, the continued development of this. Yes. I wouldn't want it for free for life either. They, there would be no future in it. So I like that they allow you to do that. And so you, you purchase it, which is a reasonable cost. And then the way they sell it is in... Uh, is in simultaneous access. So if you buy one license, one person can be accessed into a computer. If you buy two licenses, two people can be, or one person can have two computers open. You buy them like that. And so there's there's a there's an incentive for us as an MSP to when we go and re-up, well, I'll just buy another license and add another machine that we can simultaneously in. And and the the company has treated us well. The Linux support is off the chain. It's just fantastic. I continually look for a open source uh, alternative. There is a project uh, called Remotely that kind of sort of does it, but it barely got off the ground and then now it doesn't seem to be making any progress. So that, that when something open source comes out, I will take it. The problem is even with things like VNC, even if you have access to the network and you're the admin, there's a whole bunch of other lacquer you have to put up because VNC is an unencrypted connection. And so if you're doing that and somebody else has access to those switch ports and they could potentially mirror them, it it just creates security nightmares. So you that you have to do it over you have to do it over an encrypted tunnel. And so you can you can do that. You can set those up. Um, but then every machine has this onboarding process that you have to complete in order to be able to remote into it, as opposed to just install the agent, let it go. Problem with the install the agent, let it go is we saw with SolarWinds, and I'm sure anybody out there that's paying attention thinks to themselves is you we don't know what's in that code because it isn't open. And so if you're trying to get away from that stuff. Um, this doesn't help you, but, and, and we're in the same boat. And if somebody else knows an answer, I'm, I would love to hear it, but for the most yeah, part, our patrons are throwing out, I think you got a great suggestions in there. The, the patrons threw out fleet commander or you, why you uni project, uh, as two options out there that apparently you can do different things with and team viewer they're saying is fully native. Now they finally stopped being based on one right. and they use QT five. So it seems That's like great. team viewer probably for. Is a, is a good option out there if the remote thing is the most important. Yeah, or simple help. I, again, I'm I'm looking at the price. Oh, I mean, simple help. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We should be talking about that one. Yeah. Jill, did you have any suggestions here? Because I know you do this stuff a lot too. Yeah. So um, I have played a little bit with uh, Nagios, uh, Nagios, and yeah. uh, that's an excellent software package. Really, really good. So, so I wasn't I so far off like with it. my Nagios thought there. See, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't terrible, but uh, definitely stick with uh, the advice that uh, everyone's giving mm -hmm. here. I think there's a lot of good packages. I think a lot of companies are going to start looking for alternatives to SolarWinds from this, even though, I don't know, some people will say now's the best time to use SolarWinds because they're going to be on top of their security and thinking about it and all of that. I don't know. Uh, yeah. That was... Uh they shouldn't have to have like a, a gigantic right. I'm issue. I'm just telling to be you, like, that's what I see comments saying if people are on, on Reddit forums and stuff like, yeah. no, now's the time to stay with them because they're on oh, top okay. of their security, but they yeah. weren't before. Now they maybe. care more because it, they yeah. have to. And it's like, well, no, they don't still have don't have to because it's still proprietary. And you have no idea. So I don't know. This is the big problem. Like I said, we could do a whole episode I on this. I want a company I trust, mm -hmm. not a company that's going to be forced into doing the right practices. Yeah. Well, with that fantastic question, you got all of us talking, all of us throwing yeah. ideas out there. Hopefully there's some software you can check out in those recommendations that will work for you and your business there. And we love hearing from our worldwide community. We want you to get your official DLN mug, fill it with some coffee, 
because coffee is the only drink that's acceptable in the IT world. Okay, tea, maybe two. Sit down at the nearest stool. Send us an email at comments at destinationlinux.org. want you to join our community as well over on the discourse forum. Either one of those we, we look at and may choose one of the questions or comments or things there uh, to discuss in our show. So thanks to the community. This episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean recently announced their new app platform service, which is a solution to build modern cloud-native apps. With App Platform, you can build, deploy, and scale apps and static websites quickly and easily. Simply point your GitHub repository and let the App Platform do all the heavy lifting. So it has support for things like Node.js, Python, Go, PHP, Ruby, static sites, and Docker. DigitalOcean runs their App Platform on their own infrastructure, so the costs are significantly lower than with other products. Plus, they built this new app platform on top of their DigitalOcean Kubernetes, providing a smoother migration path so you can take control of your infrastructure to set it up. As a listener of Destination Linux podcast and a member of the DLN community, you can get started for free, better than free, because DigitalOcean is going to give you a $100 credit when you go to do.co slash DLN. Again, go to do.co slash DLN to get started with that $100 free credit on DigitalOcean's new platform. We want to thank DigitalOcean for continuing to sponsor this week of Destination Linux. All right, so we are going to go through our favorite distros of 2020. We've covered everything on this show, from Linux Mint all the way to Arch, everything in between. However, it's time to pick our distro of the year. I could probably 3D print an award and send it to whoever yes. gets picked here, especially if there's a consensus on this. <laughs> yeah, they'll get a 3D printed award. Uh, so without further ado, I want to do a little game here. Instead of the host just kind of going and giving their picks, I want to have the host try to guess what another host pick is going to be based on their fanboyism, based on what they were, you know, geek squealing about this year. Can we pick out what distro is their favorite of the year here? And I picked myself to pick Michael. So I'm going to go out on a limb here. <laughs> yeah, but like the easiest one. That's why you picked <laughs> yourself to do that. I, 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 that's why I wanted to do this. So for Michael, uh, all year, he's been talking about this distro, wanting to try it, wanting to use it, wanting to implement it in his workflow. And Hannah Montana Linux, it's come a long way. No, it's just come so long in 2020. I forgot okay. about that nonsense. I totally forgot that. So for those who are not aware, a previous episode of DL like a year and a half ago, two years ago, I don't know. There we had this weird conversation about Hannah Montana Linux, and I said I was going to make like a, a re rebooted version of it. I, I didn't. But uh, yeah. uh, that is not the that is not my favorite of the year. It's my favorite forever. So <laughs> okay, all right, good, good. Uh, actually, my guess would be Fedora for you, Michael. Yes, that's what I was expecting you to guess because that's the easy the easy answer because that is a hundred percent my favorite for the year for a variety of reasons. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with my history of using Linux, uh, I'm not really much of a distro hopper. I, I stopped distro hopping years ago. And uh, so it takes a lot for a distro to convince Does a distro hop and doesn't update any distro it goes into. Okay, that, <laughs> that was true up until Fedora. <laughs> so He's like, I'm on Ubuntu 8.04. I okay. don't know why this driver's not working. It wasn't that bad. It was 18.04 for... Okay. Uh, pretty much, and I, I did update Kubuntu fairly fairly well, and then I switched to Manjaro and didn't update for four or five months because reasons. Uh, but also, uh, when I did switch, 
uh, it's because of all the stuff that Fedora has been doing. It so to get me to switch, it does take a lot. And and because Fedora has been doing a lot of innovative stuff, like the ButterFS switch, I think that's very interesting. It made people rethink their position on ButterFS because most people never really thought about ButterFS in any other way other than like competing with ZFS. Mm. And that's really not its position of what it's meant to be. It can kind of do that, but it's a it's in a different category. So them doing that made a lot of people, you know, reopen the discussion about ButterFS, and I think that that is kind of an interesting thing. So I wanted to play with it and see how they implemented it, and so far I am liking the implementation. And I also really like the way that Fedora handles their updates with DNF. DNF. I tested uh, a DNF is so yeah. nice, man. I yeah. love mm-hmm. DNF. It, I actually tested a very wonky update process on accident because I first originally installed Fedora as the beta version, and then I didn't update. And then the sta- the stable version came out, and I actually you know decided to update. And then I, I I learned that because I was on the beta version prior to the actual release, it means that I was going to go from like a beta to a stable to a beta at the same time because it was interesting to how it was structured because it was just basically because I ignored it for a, a month update like I normally do. And what it did is that it updated to stable, but it also updated my plasma to the next testing version, the next beta version. Uh, So I got a stable system while also having a beta tested system on top of it, uh, on top of itself. So it was, but it also worked beautifully. There was no issues whatsoever. And then when it finally went to updating everything to stable, it did that all fine, uh, you know, fantastic. So that's why I was thinking about like DNF is a good package manager, but also that stuff was just really interesting that it all, it all worked very smoothly. And even when I told it to do stuff that didn't make any sense, it handled it just great. So that's why I put Fedora as my favorite distro of 2020 there. I do have some runner ups and if we have time, maybe we'll cover those, but Anna yeah, Montana. Well, that that's, that's, <laughs> that's always an honorable mention, of course, <laughs> but anyway. all right, Michael. So you get to guess what Jill's yeah. distro yeah. of the year is. That one is going to be fun. As, uh, when you, when you put the list about who gets to guess who's I, I, I looked at it as like, fantastic. I have no idea. So, uh, <laughs> So, Jill, I'm going to take a guess and say, uh, I I have no idea. I'm going to go with Debian because you typically like the window managers that are in the the realm of the you know the super lightweight stuff. So, I'm going to take a guess if you like the the stability in the in the uh, legacy of Debian. Am I remotely close? Yes. In fact, actually, there's really two uh, this year. It was Ubuntu uh, Mate and the new Debian 10 and just Debian in general. So it was hard for me to decide because I've been using Ubuntu Mate a lot too. Nice. (laughs) But yeah, Debian is just stable. It works on all my old computers (laughs) and, you know, it, it, it runs, it can run very lightweight and minimal with low memory systems. Sure. And, um, you know, I can use uh, Flexbox and uh, Enlightenment <laughs> and and uh, Ice Window Manager just came out with a new version, uh, 2.0.0. So I've been enjoying that on Debian as well. And also on Ubuntu Mate. <laughs> nice. I really like the fact that when we talk about like what 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 DE does Jill use? All of them. Like yeah. <laughs> all. Yeah. I think Debian's an interesting pick. What was it about this year that, or this release for this year that you think Debian kind of innovated outside of other years? Yeah, uh, uh, they updated lots of drivers, which really helped a lot. 
So it was still Debian kind of stale. So we call it Debian stale, but right. it was, they used a lot from testing and made it stable. <laughs> so, gotcha. so much. So more they finally modern. got their update in and it kind of modernized it across. Yeah, nice. definitely. <laughs> so what would be Noah's pick, Jill? Okay. So here's what I was remembering, you know, past episodes of Destination Linux uh-huh. and the Ask Noah show. And so I'm going to say fun of them. Right, of course. <laughs> Fedora, particularly Fedora 33, because he has said several times on this show and on his own show, Gnome feels like home again. <laughs> Wow. That. that sounds exactly that. that sounds exactly like Noah. Yeah, yeah. he, he said that again. so many times. We can't yes. we can't get him to stop saying it, in fact. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So Noah, how did Jill do? No, no, I I uh I, I agree with Fedora entirely. That that part is <laughs> accurate. That Fedora will be my home until uh, I'm I'm leaving this earth feet first. But the, the uh no, really, Jill? Like one time. I said that one time. I said yes. that as, like in, in passing as I was talking about how Gnome wasn't complete. The, the new redesign that they're planning on will make Gnome almost tolerable again. Yeah. <laughs> so you agree then with everything? Fedora yes, and Gnome. I agree with awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, goody. <laughs> So I uh, I had to do a lot of thinking on this one. Uh. And I, I, you know, after years of getting to know Ryan, I understand him and I understand what he likes in a distro. I understand what he needs to make it sing. It's a skill I have being able to pair people to distros. Ryan likes to live <laughs> on the bleeding edge. Ryan likes to know that the distro he's that it's perfection. Every keystroke type is perfection and that's right. why he prefer that's what he, he, he talks about arch and and he wants to he wants to live on the edge so mm. the best distro for ryan undeniably suicide linux github.com <laughs> suicide linux is the best distro for ryan here's what it does it makes sure that your command line foo is as righteous as a ninja like you'll be kicking harder than a sensei ryan if i love you it attention <laughs> to suicide linux install it on your machine run it yeah. yeah. Well, you, yeah. you got me, Noah. I mean, what can I add to that? I want to know that if I make a mistake, it destroys yes. my whole computer. Yeah, it'll punish exactly. you for my, making a mistake. That'll <laughs> teach my dumb brain not to type, you know, sugo instead right. of sudo or something exactly. like that. Yeah. yeah. It's basically like the it. same as using Arch. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> you know, it, it's interesting because Arch would have probably been the pick, Monjaro specifically, through most of the year until Fedora 33 dropped. And in this, I was able to see the innovation and change that Fedora, I've been wanting to see in Fedora for a long time. Right, Nana? And, goes, guidance for, and, and, like, and the other thing is the backing from the company of Red Hat, right? Like, it's great that the project exists on its own and they're able to make all of their own independent like decisions. But it's also great that they're able to just show up at conferences and do all of the things that any other software vendor would do because they have the backing of like a Microsoft. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because I can go on about the innovation, the user friendliness that they added, and all of that would be true. But the thing that stuck out most to me was their community engagement. Oh, okay. Sorry. They are actually (laughs) doing what I I feel like Canonical has been so successful at in the past, Mm -hmm. which is getting out there in the community and engaging. And Matthew Miller and Neil here on the show and just anybody Mm -hmm. who's a part of Fedora kind of going around and talking about it and spreading information about it and just being happy and excited for their own product. I I talk about this story a lot in various, I think I even mentioned it on podcast, me and you did Noah, where there there was a guy I came across who loved watches. 
I could care less about a watch. But he yeah. was so passionate about watches. By the time he was done talking to me, I was like, I want to go buy one of those watches. That's <laughs> exactly. freaking amazing. And yep. that's what you want from somebody who's in an open source community. That's what mm -hmm. you get off of people like Matthew Miller and others mm -hmm. uh, in mm -hmm. Red Hat is this passion that exudes off of them. And I haven't seen that in any other distros this entire year. Everybody, I'll tell you, I'm not mentioning this to any true. anybody else. Know, is that yeah. actually, yeah, actually, that you know what? Here's here's the thing. Any of the major distros, we got to be really careful. Yes, you, good point. The good reason, point. Uh, like, uh, this is so, especially in COVID in in 2020, like the, the 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 a lot of people work on 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 smaller projects, and those projects are like their baby. It's their life, and there is there's a ton of movement, particularly in COVID. We've seen that, right? That yeah. all of those software developers are really hard at work. So when Ryan's like, what he's talking about is like the big players, the the canonical, the Seuss, and the everybody else just kind of shut down and went. Well, that's the end. We we can't do. And Red Hat's out there kicking, you know, firing. That is all. such a good clarification. Thank you for that. Absolutely, one hundred percent out of the big companies Fedora's just been out there and in the way that they're out there isn't negative like I see these other distros just talking negative about the community and in a general stance their tweets they're just complaining they're, they're, they're complaining they don't they don't they don't feel it anymore they don't mm -hmm. love it and mm -hmm. Fedora I feel like they love what they're doing and as long as they have that I'm a, I want to geek out with you that's why I love Noah I like hanging out with Noah so much Noah geeks out on stuff I like listening to ask Noah show because He's going to geek out on something. I'm be like, I don't care about that. But now I do because he's geeking out about it. That excites me. <laughs> that yeah. childlike excitement that happens for things mm -hmm. is what I love to surround myself with. And that's what I feel like Fedora brought even more than innovation. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting you say that because when I, when I previously before 2020, Fedora was not even on my radar. And then it just kind of it just exploded into like something wrong with you. Well, I'm telling you, I've been telling the world for years. Well, we finally listened. I knew it Fedora was, and I was aware of it. It just wasn't my radar to use. And it was actually because I learned more about like the way that it works and the, the infrastructure of Fedora and the, the engagement and how they are connected to Red Hat and all that stuff. And it made me a lot more interested in trying it out. And once I tried it, it was like, okay, maybe Noah had something say, you know, something good. Maybe Noah was right this whole he time. I wouldn't go, crazy. I wouldn't go right. I wouldn't say right, but at least it was, he was more closer to right. How about that? That's, that's as good wrong. of an apology as you'll get. No. <laughs> closer, to, closer to right than wrong. Yeah, right. there we go. Yeah. We'll He's, go with it. We'll go with it. <laughs> so there we go. A lot of fedoras, Jill changing yeah. up there with <laughs> some Debian in there, but those are mm -hmm. our picks for 2020, the best distro out there. So hopefully Woo! you all are going to check them out. This episode of Destination Linux is sponsored by Bitwarden. Bitwarden is the password manager that we use and trust, and Bitwarden lets you set up things like a pin to easily access your password manager, as well as additional authentication such as a master password and adding uh, password phrases or passphrases. It also has fingerprint security and all and so much more, all that to keep your password safe. Bitwarden is the easiest and safest way for individuals, teams, and businesses to store, share, and sync sensitive data. Go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to get started with your free account. Bitwarden is the password manager that we use and trust because Bitwarden is 100% open source software. That's right, 100% open source software. They also do security audits where they hire third-party security firms to go through their code to make it as secure as possible. And you can go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to get started with your account, but you also want to check out the premium account because it has one gigabyte encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F, Duo, Vault Health Reports, TOTP authenticator storage and generation with their Bitwarden authentication authenticator tools, and so much more. Uh, and you can get all of this for just $10 per year. 
That's right, $10 per year. Make the smart move like many from the community have and go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to get started with your free account. And if you're like me, though, you want to show your appreciation for their support of the open source community and their support for the Destination Linux podcast by getting that premium account, especially since it only starts at $10 per year. Thanks to Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux. Now that 2020 is nearly over, let's reflect back on some of the headline events that defined open source and the technology ecosystem this year. So many great things happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. And to me, the most exciting thing this year was the growth of Linux on the desktop. Thanks to, you know, manufacturers like Dell, Lenovo, and System76, you know, taking Linux on the desktop so much more seriously uh, for you know, especially for AI development and cloud infrastructure. And um, actually, the the growth of open source in the business sector is another huge reason. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the numbers are staggering, right, yeah. of, of the growth in the business sector. And it's so nice to be able to tell my friends, you're like, what is this Linux thing you won't shut up about? Can I go to go buy a computer with Linux on it? Yeah. Well, yes, you can, actually. <laughs> yes. And it's very easy. So I, I just love, I think that was a huge shift in 2020 is seeing those manufacturers yeah. expand. Not that this is the first time we've seen it, but they've expanded their offerings so heavily. Yeah. And not only in open software, but in open hardware, such as with System76 and their beautiful Thelio computers, trying to make them the hardware as open as possible. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that, that's a really big deal and a you know big move for the Linux world. Well, people say in computers, yeah. you can't compete with the, you know, I, I got some comments on the Apple video. You can't compete with Apple. They're a trillion dollar company. Nobody can make stuff look as good as Apple. And I'm like, Thelio, let me present this yeah. to you. And uh, made Thelio is America. more beautiful and you can yes. actually repair it. And yes. made in America. Yeah, exactly. Yay. So yeah, I present Thelio to you. Yes. And one of the other big deals for me this year was gaming on Linux. It's just getting better and better and better and easier thanks to Valve and Codeweavers and their their continued development on Proton for Steam. Oh yeah, I love Proton. I, I've I've yes. I've tried it. <laughs> I've actually tried games that were you know were not really supposed to work mm -hmm. on Linux, and you just activate Proton, and all of a sudden it just works. Just and works. like sometimes you have to mm -hmm. do it, go through the, like these launch commands and stuff like that. But for, for so many times, I just I just start the game and it just works and it blows my mind that I'm just playing a game that's not meant for me, not meant for my platform, yet it just works absolutely fine. I, yeah. Proton is awesome. And so the code. I kind of look at it as the Trinity, though. Like you've got Proton, Lutris, and Steam. Yes. Oh, yeah, know, yeah. That's the, yeah, that's sure. the Trinity for that sure. brings it all together. And think about 2020. We had the most anticipated game of the year. Whether you ended up liking it or not, I ended up falling in love with it. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077 was the most anticipated game for any platform, period, all year, we could run it on Linux. Mm -hmm. That has never happened in the four years that a game, AAA blockbuster game came out and had support day one on Linux that I can think of. Oh, yeah. Any yeah. game that's been that big. Is it, is it like native support or did you have to use something special? It's you had to use Proton, yeah. but it's, Proton. it's okay, just but the it fact that you, you didn't have to go, well, you know, I really want to play this game, so I'm going to go install Windows and go play it there. You didn't have to. You could I, play I can't it. relate to that. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, 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 but no, but really, though, kid, like, it, it, but this, this is cool, though. So, so, this, so this game comes out, and is it, is it a good game? Like, would normal people like it, like me? 
I think you would love it. I think it's somebody, if you like cyberpunk world, the futuristic, uh, what is the the movie everybody loves with Harrison Ford? Someone help me out here with, where he's in the cyberpunk world. Blade Runner, maybe? Blade, Blade Runner? Runner, thank yeah. you. Blade Runner. Okay. If you like the movie oh, Blade Runner in the futuristic style yeah. of game, it, it's fantastic okay. uh, game out there. It's created by the same developers as Witcher. It did have a lot of bugs, but it's a completely open world environment and they've patched a lot of that since and 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 stuff so i think it's a fantastic game some people were disappointed but the point is triple a game you can play it on linux yeah and i also just want to say that it's it's a the the really the really awesome thing about this is that valve and coweaver i want to make a big thank you to valve and coweaver for doing Mm -hmm. this because they released a new version of proton the day before the release of cyberpunk 2020 2077 for the purpose of making it work so like they made sure that it was going to be there and that is awesome Yep. And the other great thing is, yeah, we have lots of AAA titles that are now playable on Linux and even uh, faster for frames per second than Windows. Yay! I know. Isn't that so awesome <laughs> when we could say we can we can beat Windows even in an yeah. in, uh, environment like using Proton, we could still have better frames per second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. And like you were saying earlier, um, Ryan uh, Lutris, you know, he had uh, Matthew Commandon, who, who the creator of Lutris, had major updates and refactoring this year to its GUI and the back end. And it has the ability now to play games from Origin and Uplay. Yep. So that was huge. That, that's Absolutely. huge. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're literally like 90% there on all the games, except for the uh, the VAC <laughs> games, some of the security. Well, since yeah. we're on gaming, and I don't want to revisit the topic once we kind of hit on it, because some people care about gaming, some don't. It's just, this was the <laughs> year that Michael lost his temper. Oh, um, I've uh, known Michael <laughs> for years. And uh, over four years, and I've never seen him lose his temper ever once, literally never. And until (laughs) until Rocket League was pulled from Linux and literally he was so mad. He was making videos about it. How mad he was. This was a series of them. And he spent so much time becoming kind of pro level at this game, you know, at least up there could play with pros. And spent so much time, and the fact that they yanked this out is why anytime we bring up the company that may that now owns this, which shall not be named, right. Michael, they're uh, awful. will start throwing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So yes, I did make a video about it, and yes, I may have over exaggerated my effort and make. I, okay. Maybe I did do some machinima and make a a movie out of the yes, game, and st- maybe I did that, but. Yeah, Epic Games is awful. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, now it's awful. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Tim Sweeney. Yeah, you you ruined it. Uh, you ruined it. It's uh, anyway. Uh, it, it is still a good game. I still tell people to try it out. And if you want to try it out in Proton, it does work pretty well, very well in Proton. So there you go. Whatever. But at the same time, thanks for bringing back memories, Ryan. You're thanks welcome. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. And Jill, there's one thing that uh, I was very excited about. I saw on your list here, which was. AMD GPUs and CPUs. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, to me, Ryan, I I felt like it was the AMD K6 K6 years all over again. And with, you know, AMD dominating Intel with processors, they're back. It's so cool. And now AMD GPUs are finally competing with NVIDIA for the FPS and gaming. (laughs) Who would have thought, honestly, because AMD has double tackled two major Goliath companies out there. Uh, and AMD gets a lot of props in the Linux community because of its fact that it works with Mesa open source yeah. from the kernel. 
Uh, so you, it's plug and play. play. You don't have to have proprietary <laughs> drivers and mm -hmm. things. Also, Intel should get props for that from their GPUs as well. Uh, but AMD has just had a standout year. And I think it all goes to one of the greatest tech CEOs that I've seen in my life, which is Lisa Sue, has mm -hmm. led that company as an engineer, not as a suit, amazing yes. ways forward and has competing against two of the biggest company Goliaths ever in the world out yeah. there, <laughs> NVIDIA and Intel simultaneously, which is just beyond impressive. Yeah. AMD Yay. has been so impressive recently. Like, and also I switched to AMD both on my CPU and my GPU. And I've been, I've never been happier using, uh, using my hardware and actually enjoying the, the, the experience of it and the, the fact that they work so well with Linux and they have the open source drivers and all that stuff is just fantastic. Not having to install special drivers just to get your system to work is amazing. I just, I just install it, play a game and it works. That, that's amazing. So that's fantastic. It's this magic. I know. Right. And also AMD this year acquired, uh, announced they're acquiring, uh, the uh, Xilinx company, which yeah. puts them in a, a big <laughs> player in the IOT space showing the fact that it's also really fun for me that is that many years ago, AMD was in a, a different position and that Xilinx was maybe even going to acquire AMD. And now that's completely flipped. So I think that that is pretty interesting. Yep. I think that was a huge NVIDIA acquiring arm. I think we're going to see what, well, first of all, is that going to go through next year? And we're going to see what the results of that are going to be if it does sometime next year. Hopefully it turns out good for Linux. Yep. And what else did you have on your list, Michael? Uh, also, my list is the uh, Pine 64 becoming a big player in the awesome. Linux hardware space thanks to the Pine Phone and the Pine Tab and the Pine Book Pro and all that yeah. stuff. I, and the Pine Time yeah. and the Pencil. Yeah. <laughs> and the, and the Pine Sill, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, there, and and also, I respect the uh, the pun name for the Pine Sill. Uh, this yeah. that's a for those who don't know, it's a soldering iron. Anyway, uh, this is. Pine 64 has done so much cool stuff. Convergence. They come with the Type-C $200. Yes. The, pine, yeah. the Convergence package for the, pine, for the Pine phone, it was really cool. Like having that it's as a dock option. the only one option. you should buy, by the way. The only one you should buy. Buy the, the Convergence package. Not because you care about the little Type-C dock that you can buy anywhere. But you, that's the only one that you get more uh, memory on the phone. Right. It's more so powerful. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. You definitely want to buy the converse. Spend the extra 50 bucks. You won't regret it. Yeah. It's only 50 bucks. You won't regret it. Yeah. You'll get a three gigs of RAM instead of two. You get a, a yes. bigger storage. Uh, it's definitely the better option. Uh, but sweet. yeah, the Pine phone has changed a lot of stuff. It actually made mm -hmm. like the, there's been a lot of effort into making uh, operating systems for Lin for mobile Linux being uh, like on the existing phones and stuff like that. But having it on like a uh, having a, an, a, a company making a phone specific for that purpose is just so so awesome. So and they they make it so easy to flash between one operating system yep. and the other. So, so you can easy. yeah you can use yeah. a program called Jump Drive and then you just put it on there and you can boot it and then just flash to the EMMC. This one I want to try that. Boot it up. Oh, I want to try that one. Boom, boot it up. It's yeah. it's, it's fantastic. It's like light bright for, yep. for adults. So Pine sixty four killed it. Twenty twenty yeah, so for sure. Pine sixty four. Great job. I, I'm looking forward to the future for that company for sure. Uh, and also uh, something, the last thing I wanted to talk about for you know 2020 doing something fantastic, and that is Destination Linux Network has done a lot of new stuff. For example, true. we it's have true. the new, the pseudo show is, is new this year. Hardware Addicts is also new this year. And Jill, join us this year on Destination Aww. Linux. Welcome, I mean, Jill. that oh. alone turns 2020 around. Exactly. <laughs> I am so honored. It's been so wonderful working with you guys and, and being here and being part of the Destination Linux family. 
it's like it was meant to be, you know? Exactly. Oh, it was meant exactly. to be. And you've brought so much <laughs> happiness uh, to this show. And you know what? Going through my list, besides Jill being, of course, at the top there, stools being the preferred sitting experience in 2020. <laughs> Who thought, Jill, that yes. stools oh, would wow. take they, over the world the way that they have? Linuxstool.com. Linuxstool.com. Whatever the third yes. one was. Something Even I have a my stool. stool. And- yeah. I can't believe you know, it. I, I forgot. It actually did start in the beginning of the year, and it has gone on through the entire year. This ridiculous, this ridiculous thing. So about- I was going through our list of of Active how this school, show has schools. grown. You know, we we it, the show has just grown tremendously, and the influence that the show had has has grown. We I stopped counting at 174 countries because I wanted to get a new number for how many countries download this show. I literally was like at 174 and I was like, I got to go do something else. Uh, so 174, <laughs> at least 174 countries actually listen to the show. Tell us that how many countries there are. No, it's like you oh. have to click each one individually to see like how many people are there to make mm. sure. So I got to 174 and then I stopped. But the fact that we were able to change the sitting experience for the entire world through stools, uh, I think shows the influence of this that show. That really shows. We even power. have a shirt. We have merch. Of we even have merch. About we it. even have yeah. merch. Joe. But for those who so, for those who don't know sitting. what this we're here talking about, this this they this know, happened. Michael, it's sitting in the screen right no, there. Yes, right it is sitting right here. It's fantastic. Yeah. You're right. But what. The thing is, for people who are are not familiar or not or listening to the audio version, and everybody not, knows what a stool is. No, you I'm, don't have to explain it to them. <laughs> just shush for a second. Go it's to the worst version of a care. Go to destinationlinux.org/stool, and that'll take you to the episode where that started this whole whatever this is. <laughs> we have and a short link. For I made a short link just so we could. Yes, I made a short link to explain it. Destinationlinux.org/stool. Wow, that's amazing. Um. The the other thing that I want to be serious about is watching this continue. I I would say maintain or have established as an industry standard, Blender, Krita, OBS, Latex, the (laughs) Linux kernel itself and how it's spread through so many devices and utilized in so many institutions, Mm -hmm. WordPress, Audacity, Nextcloud, all of these things are open source standards and industries. And that, to me, watching that, seeing it be maintained, number one, and or these companies come in and take it as the dominant platform has just been awesome to see. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's so many different, uh, like, the, the, just listing off a few of these, like Blender and OBS, like, those change the landscape of their industries, like, drastically. And exactly. yeah. uh, I, mm-hmm. I depend on OBS to do this show right now. So mm-hmm. I am a huge fan <laughs> of OBS. And so, Noah, what was it for you in 2020 that you think big headline news that really stood out to you, good or bad? Well, so I think the first thing was because of 2020 and the and the immediate shift um, to remote technology, I think that right, right in and of itself was probably a bigger thing than any one open source project, right? And the ability to evaluate... How, if I was to set a lot of people for the first time, like a lot of us are geeks and we've been doing this for years. So we were like, oh, 2020, COVID, interesting. And we just kind of watched it go by. <laughs> but but to a lot of people, this is the first time that they've ever been like, this is my computer. I can't just call the IT department and have them come fix it. I have to fix it and pay attention to what I'm doing. How would I set that up? And like you watched people do that. And, and I, that, that was fascinating. Where open source played into that was, 
when people in radio had to, for the first time, go home and couldn't just go to corporate and say, hey, I need a machine with uh, with Adobe Audition on. They go, here's a $700 license for the Adobe Creative Suite. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that doesn't happen, how does that person produce radio? How, how do they do their ads and, and, and do their voice tracking and stuff at home? Well, they use Audition or, or Audacity, excuse me. <laughs> and they they have, uh, we find out like what USB audio interfaces re- work really well and find out which ones have native drivers built into Linux. And so you can build these little streaming rigs that can connect out or that they can do production at home. Those kinds of things were mm-hmm. really fascinating to watch. How many times people needed a thing because they were at home and didn't have it and corporate didn't budget for that thing. And thanks to Linux and open source, we could repurpose and just have things available for people. People don't see it. Nobody talks about it. Nobody celebrates it. No corporate person, uh, no CEO sent the Audacity team, you know, a few thousand dollars and went, hey guys, thanks a lot for all of the hard work that you guys did to make this fantastic product so we could run our business when we didn't budget accordingly. Like nobody does those things. It's absolutely warranted and deserved. It's a fantastic point. So, so something so, a lot of people aren't thinking about. So, so that was fun. That was fun to watch as, as a guy that works in this industry and kind of watch how people kind of transitioned to their home and then used open source and got, because it was, they knew they were making a transition to a new tool anyway, they didn't care. And it was, that was just a fun process to watch. CentOS played a big role in that, right? CentOS is the way that people in system administration test for what they're going to deploy into Red Hat. And as I've said many times on this show and on my own show, like their ability to sell CentOS stream will depend on, 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 on how smooth they can make that experience um, to Red Hat. And so if, if it is, as I understand, they say it is that it's one point release behind where Red Hat is going to be, and then it will just, everything will be fine. And ahead. It, it won't be, yeah, ahead. It won't be, it'll, it won't be bug for bug compatible, but nobody should really notice. If that ends up working out, I think this will be a real success for them. Um, on the other hand, it was, uh, it, regardless of what the success or failure of CentOS Stream is, the open source in general and the success story around it that Red Hat creates this amazing product that undeniably runs the world's infrastructure the best way that you can run a server, if you ask me. Uh, uh, when you take that, the fact that all of that code is open, we're really quabbling over who has to do the work to recompile the bits to <laughs> send it back. I mean, like, seriously, this is such a great time to be alive in technology and we all need to find the <laughs> things to complain about. It's so crazy. But like, I am really excited for the direction that that the Red Hat community is going and the support that they have behind the company. I think all too often we're really, really quick to try to like pick a camp and it's like, oh, we're, we're like, we're, 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 we're anti-corporation and we're pro-community or we're pro-corporation and anti-community. And like, and you watch this unfold right now at the SolarWinds discussion, right? This thing is, is happening. People are talking about, hey, in 2020, what what do we really get by having open source? Open SSL was open source, and look at how hard that bit us. Does that does it really matter? It doesn't really seem to matter what the license is. People get bit by these bugs, and so those discussions are unfolding. And what I'm excited about is Red Hat being one of those companies that gets to set the direction and say, "Here, look at how this works. Look at how open source can work at large scale, and how we make lots of money." And I and doing that, and I think that's a very necessary component to being able to provide the kind of support that we that that then trickles down into the Fedora and CentOS and, and, and supports those communities. So they work together in a, in a whole ecosystem. And that has mm-hmm. been fun to watch because again, COVID forcing everybody to be remote means this year, everybody got to attend Red Hat Summit, not just the people that can mm-hmm. afford to fly out. And Red Hat gave away training to all of these places. Like, th- so if you wanted to start a career, all of those things happened uh, in, in 2020 and largely thanks to the backing of a large uh, a corporate company with 
very, very hands-on community aspect. And so that was really fun. And then uh, System76, we kind of already touched on that, the the Thalia design in-house, again, hardware that runs on Linux. That's fantastic. And then the also thing, again, another fantastic example of the open source success, the DMCA takedown of YouTube DL by the RIAA. Oh, yes. This, this again, is one I saw, my gosh, I, I came home from work and I opened up my laptop and there are Twitter images, like JPEGs of the source code that people had condensed down into microscopic font. You'll never and stop t- us. I, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's no way. It's, just, it's like trying to put smoke back into a bottle. It's like trying to, and, yeah. and, the, 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 and the thing is, I, I sit there and I'm showing my wife and I'm just sitting there and all, because like, that's not necessary, right? Like it's on, you know, like one or two copies on a few different sites and it'll get around and we'll be fine. Like that would have been sufficient but it's but they're sending. It's like we, the, it's the principle. A, We're gonna make it's it a principle. clear. <laughs> We're sending a message. If you right. think if you think that a government or a decision or a piece of paper can stop the spread of information, you are living in a fantasy uh, world. It's I like got geek to, chills, man. Yeah, it's trying it. to deny <laughs> a function of mathematics is what you're doing. Like it's just so stupid. And so just to watch that happen, and then the JR token rep, like, like going in and saying, you know, mm. knock your friend. Like this is opens this is what we've been waiting for for 20 some years open source slowly pushing ahead slowly getting there all of a sudden all of these corporate interests try to push down hey you're stopping the way we make money you're stopping the way that we, you can't make copy people use it for bad people all of these forces come down and start try to start suppressing open source and youtube dl again another success yes. story in 2020 what happens doesn't matter how many lawyers you have doesn't matter how much money you have at the end of the day this is open code we can release this on the internet there's nothing you can do to stop this code from exist- existing. So if you want to go and put encryption and all this lockdown stuff that YouTube and Google and everybody else knows is going to totally trash the user experience for most people, like you go ahead and figure all that out and spend lots of money and do all of that over here in, in Freeland. We're just going to continue to spin up, you know, yeah. the, the, the never tell the open video. source community. You can't, oh, we can't, you can't, can't do yeah, something. Yeah. 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 Just like, don't. If you do, like they said, oh, you can't break into this new Apple coming in. They're going to make it yeah. impossible. You're right. Some Linux user like is and, like okay, just because you said you we can't, I'm gonna go yeah. ahead and do it. And here we go. And to be clear, yep. the only thing that bothered me about that, like I was excited that they that there was somebody doing it. I have no interest in financially supporting that effort. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like I'm glad that he's willing to do it. it's great as a hobby thing. We should not be trying to get stuff to run it. Let them live in their own stew. They're in their own world. The, the reality is this M1 app central app thing. We've been mm. there. It just they they want to live in their own world. So let them do it. But open source is going to succeed regardless of stuff like that and that's what i thought was super cool about 2020 oh no you brought up such a good point because you know the whole patent troll with gnome <laughs> you remember that whole yeah. situation yeah. Yeah. actually uh gnome and Mycroft <laughs> both got hit by patent trolls and they oh, both yeah. fought them off so yeah 2020 yeah. has been a very a interesting year <laughs> but the community not only was helping those companies fight it off as far, yes. as far as backing them but the donations that came in oh, yeah. to fight it all of a sudden all the people who didn't like gnome and everything else were like yeah we can pick on them but you can't here's a donation like we may not like it but you're not going to pick on an open source instance i think they were funded for their lawyer fees that they asked for like within the first day the first 24 yeah. hours from, very from us, I, don't mess with linux yeah, yeah we donated <laughs> destination linux got behind yes. it like it, it's a big deal um and the community comes together when we need to it's kind of like a family member i could say something about them but you better not so mm-hmm. i love it it was awesome yeah for sure 
So from talking about 2020, let's talk about 2021 because we have something super awesome to announce. We already announced it on the Destination Linux Network YouTube and Odyssey channel. So if you haven't checked that out, I have a link for the actual announcement video. But we're going live with the Destination Linux podcast. That's right. So during our 200th episode, what? we... Oh. You, you weren't aware of that? Oh, well, apparently Ryan wasn't aware, but during our 200th episode, we had such an amazing turnout and feedback. We had so many requests from you all from to like talk about the live stream, and they wanted us to do more live streams for Destination Linux. So we listened, and we've decided that it is time to do that. So starting January 3rd at 1 p.m. Eastern Time or 1800 UTC, everyone can watch Destination Linux live every Sunday as we record the show. Our patrons also will be able to get a, an added bonus of joining us in the recording studio, that's what I'm calling it now, to hang out. And also the, the patrons will also get access to unedited versions of the show. And after each show, DL patrons will be able to join us in the patron-only after-show weekly hangout. Maybe we get a more catchy name for that at some point. But anyway, to recap, everyone can uh, enjoy the show live each week on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern or 1800 UTC by going to dlnlive.com. That's right. We have a website that makes it much easier for everyone to go to it. And not only Destination Linux will be on this website, uh, you also can watch This Week in Linux Live as well at dlnlive.com. So bookmark that page so you can join us every week and watch it. You can also watch it on YouTube or Twitter if you want to as well, but whatever. But dlnlive.com, book that, bookmark that what, that URL and be sure to join us on January 3rd at 1 p.m. Eastern or 1800 UTC. To, to, and, and also we have a bunch more plans for that, that dlnlive.com coming up in 2021. So be sure to bookmark that. It's exciting. Nice. <laughs> All right, next up in the show, we're going to talk about the gaming section. So we're going to talk about something. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was fun that it came out recently, uh, like a couple days yes. ago, and it's Stan Lee's Verticus. It, if you're not, for those who are not familiar, uh, how dare you? Stan Lee is the legendary <laughs> co-creator. Of, <laughs> yes. He's the legendary co-creator of Spider-Man, Iron Man, and the <laughs> Avengers, and he also has a new game that's coming out, coming out right now. This is actually kind of like a re-release of a previous release because it was originally just a, a mobile game, and they have made it available for multiple platforms, uh, including Linux and all the, all the other uh, main platforms. And also, it was just on iOS, but now it's also on Android. So uh, it is, it's, an, it's basically an endless runner game, but instead of doing the basic running concept, it's more of a kind of a, not necessarily falling, but kind of like diving into the core of the earth is basically how mm-hmm. it's... So, that's how it's, it's so basically you you act as Verticus, a superhero. Then you also are trying to prevent the destruction of Earth from an an evil alien race known as the Obliterators. It's actually it's an interesting game. You need to check it out. Uh, but it's also free to play, so you can play it on whatever platform you want. And also, uh, I think it'd be a really cool uh, game for like an Android or iOS experience for if you if you like that kind of endless runner thing. But anyway, I just wanted to talk about the. You know, I'm a big comic book fan for those who don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I was just Stan Lee. Yeah, Excelsior. and Stan Lee. Yeah. Yes. And Stan Lee. And is his awesome. voice. That's that's what was so cool. That, that's yeah. that alone might things. be worth the price yeah. of entry yeah. there. <laughs> Absolutely. But speaking of price of entry, right now is the time to go check out Steam for its winter sale on games. We talked about how many games speaking you can of now price play. of entry, you're gonna your wallet is gonna get hurt right now. Your wallet's yes. gonna be really hurt. If there's a game you've been waiting on because of the price on Steam, now is the time to go pick it up. Um, Steam does this winter sale once a year. Really fantastic prices on lots of games. I was looking at the top sellers list to see for Linux only, what are people out there playing? Stardew Valley 
is number one, which of course, I mean, yes. Stardew Valley is one of those games where you wouldn't <laughs> think you would like it. The graphics aren't fantastic. Zeb would be like, next. But everyone who plays Stardew Valley ends up loving this game. It's just one of those addictive style games out there, sim lifes. You've got Crusader Kings 3, Sid Meier's Civilization 6, Total Warhammer, definitely triple uh, A title there. The Jackbox Party Pack 7, Ooh. Tabletop Simulator, Ark, <laughs> which has been around forever, oh. it feels like, mm. which and is a dinosaur gotten, MMO. Yeah, and it's gotten better. It used to be really buggy, but it's definitely improved. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I like how you just kind of casually put it. It's like a dinosaur MMO. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what? That's like, that was great, right? But <laughs> I mean, that's the best way to describe it, <laughs> right? I think. And then Seven Days to Die, Gary's Mod, Royal Edition, and then, you know, the typical counter-strike dota uh out there war thunder and, and left for dead so a lot of those classic games but what i think is the most interesting is a lot of these games were games we could never play before and now they're top sellers there on linux oh, yeah. which is pretty awesome just another example of why valve is awesome uh not only are they have awesome in you know making support for all these these games on linux but also the winter steam sale is a good option a way to get a lot of the games that you've been wanting for a while and get it at a discount and that uh, that's it's happening from now till january 5th and uh, like we like uh, Ryan just mentioned, the Jackbox Party Pack that we talked about in last episode is on discount as well in the Steam sale. So there you go. And also a lot of other stuff. So many games are on there. And also even some games that are using Proton. So check that out. We'll actually have a link in the show notes for the Steam sale, but also a link that will take you directly to all the games that are on sale and are native to Linux. Yeah. Yay. Oh, and also before before we move on, I just want to make sure if you're not aware of the DLN Steam Group, you should definitely join that because we have mm-hmm. a Destination Linux Network Steam Group that allows you to be easily and quickly find people to play uh, various different games inside of the DLN community. So we'll have a link in that. And you know they're smart the and awesome because they're fans of the show. So yes, yeah. of course, <laughs> you know you know that they're they're worth playing with because they're fans of the of the show and exactly. members of that the works. DLN community. So uh, you'll find links for that in the show notes as well. Up next in the show is the Software Spotlight. So we're going to be talking about an, an application that is for developers, uh, and it's similar to one you may have already heard of. Uh, Notepad++ is an app that many developers on the Windows side are big fans of, and there's actually an alternative for Linux users that I think it has a lot of potential and may even be something you'd want to switch away to, and that is Notepad QQ. So Notepad QQ is kind of like a Notepad++ editor for the Linux desktop. You get syntax highlighting for more than 100 different languages. It's got code, code folding, color schemes, file monitoring, uh, multiple selection, ex- and so many more things. You can even have the use the extensions to add more functionality and so much. So if you're one of those developers that miss uh, Notepad++ since you moved, check out Notepad QQ because it's a great open source alternative to that. So check it out. This week, we're going to continue our coverage of Git. Now, if you've been following along at this point, you're able to initiate a repository, clone a repository, add files, and commit those files to the repository. Now, it's time uh, to show you how to set up the remote repository. And so you could be doing this with GitHub or GitLab, whatever you're using, it's fine, wherever you're hosting them. Um, Before you do that, we need to configure uh, Git and tell it where this remote repository is. And so you do that with Git Remote. Now, you can add it via SSH or URL. We're going to show you how to do, do the URL method here. It's probably the most common and doesn't require setting up SSH keys and all that. So um, to set this up, you're going to start by typing git remote add origin and then the remote 
repo's URL. And you'll just copy that URL right out of the browser. Somebody uh, go to GitHub or GitLab and, and browse to the repo and just copy the URL, paste it in there. And uh, this sets up the new remote. And then from that point on, git remote tack V, and that will verify that the new uh, remote URL is set up. And that's it. At this point, you're able to push code. Uh, we'll discuss uh, how what what the next steps are as we continue to cover Git on this week of Destination Linux. If any of what I'm saying sounds confusing to you, go back and watch the past week's episodes and and get to where we are now. And then it hopefully I like what you did sense. there. Get to where we are now. Get, <laughs> that's right. right. Get it done. They're I not like up it. to date. They have to get a pull. <laughs> <laughs> See, I did. Well, a huge thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. Despite all of the fun 2020 has been, can we just use that term fun? Sure. Chaos, craziness. Sure. <laughs> the amount of support that you, the listeners, have given this show, the amount that it has grown this year has been just astounding. And we thank you so much for that. And hopefully starting January 3rd, you'll join us live. So you can watch all of the side discussions and in between and Michael's mistakes. And I don't, I don't uh, know what you're talking about. Jill's perfection <laughs> in hosting that we'll have here. And if you want more DL, become a patron like all these beautiful people here with us today. You get a bunch of perks like unedited versions of the show, VIP access to events. And of course, the live recordings, you'll get to hang out in the studio as Michael That's calls right. it with awesome. us during those live recordings. So <laughs> you can be a part of the show and see your comments get read and those things. And also, if you want to show your support for Destination Linux Network or the Destination Linux Podcast, you can go to dealinstore.com and pick up some swag. We have t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and stickers, and we're also going to be adding a bunch more stuff uh, pretty coming up soon in the next year. And also, just like this this shirt I'm wearing right now, the Destination Linux Podcast shirt, uh, there's so much good stuff there. So go there and also get a mug. The Deal In mug is just fantastic. It'll help you hold the spice of life, a.k.a. coffee. Go to dealinstore.com to check that out. We actually have a lot more coming, and also be sure to check out the Because Collection. We have so many cool things, including the Linux is Everywhere t-shirt that's there. Uh, it's called the Because Collection because everything put in there is there be because. Is the mug weak nice. thumb friendly? I don't know what you're yeah. referring to. We have the strong the, the strong thumb squad for the patrons, if, if, so I'm not really sure what you're referring <laughs> to. But uh, we're referring to your weak thumbs, I, Michael. That uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Fake news. So uh, com. Check it out. There's so much great stuff there. We also have so many incredible shows here on the Destination Linux Network. We have the Pseudo Show, the Ask Noah Show, This Week in Linux, the DOS Geek Channel, DLN Extend, Hardware Addicts, and our newest show, Get Your Game On with our Game Sphere. So go to destinationlinux.network and subscribe to all these shows to keep those penguins marching in the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. Everybody, may your days be merry and bright and have a happy new year from your Destination Linux family. And remember that the journey itself is just as important as the destination. See you in 2021. Yep. Happy new year. Let's hope it's better than 2020. <laughs> yeah, well, let's hope. <laughs> if it's, what if it's worse? <laughs> well, oh, it will be better because we January 30th, that's when we start live stream. So it will be better. That's regardless. true. No matter what happens yeah. in 2021, you'll be watching the show live. <laughs> For sure. The world may be burning around you, but we'll be live. <laughs> but on the bright side. 